This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. I just press play and hope for the best. I'm James. Do you consider yourself a funny person? I'm Keen. Welcome to Sissy That Pod, the RuPaul's Drag Race Reaction Podcast on the Headstuff Podcast Network. It's Snatch Game time! Woo! We're back at the US What after what feels like... A month-long break when I watched the side of the a episode. global pandemic long yeah. break. <laughs> and I saw Candy got her double chante. I was like, jeepers, that was only two weeks ago. That feels ages. But we're back. It's Snatch Game. It's an exciting episode all the time. Um, and yeah, I think it's a good one this week. This week. Yeah, I think it's probably one of the like best we've had in in a while. In but I like I kind of say it generally. Like it's not like we weren't like rolling in the aisles mm. laughing at it. But there was like. M- the last last while, I don't know if it's been the same for you, there's maybe been two people on it or maybe like two or three like laughs. Two people on it that have done well or two or three big laughs and the rest of it's just been a bit flat. Yeah. Whereas this was the first time where I feel like there's actually like a solid group of people who are quite good. Mm. And then, you know, you know, like maybe there went, there went like the big gag moments. There's not going to be like quotable moments, yeah. you know, the like, you, you know, in the days of your but. I thought it was it was one of the better ones we've had at the last few yeah, seasons. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Joining us for this week's episode is reality star Keen Carrigan. He's coming back. He's sharing his thoughts on Snatch Game. So let's get into it. Keen, thank you so much for coming back onto the show. Where you're in the same, we're all in the same rooms as we were the first time this time last year. How are you holding up? Um, I'm doing okay. Could be better, could be worse, but I'm um, I'm plateauing and flatlining in the best way possible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have two series of Drag Race at the moment to pull us through. How are you enjoying them? Um, yeah, loving it. I'm really am. Um, and obviously with the cast announcement of Drag Race Australia as well this morning, yes. I know we're, we really are being mm. treated. Um, yeah. yeah, of course, I'm loving the US season, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm connecting a bit more to the UK season and this this time around. But Drag Race is Drag Race. I'm happy, whatever the country, whatever the exactly. format. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, in lockdown, as many as many days a week as we can have drag queens prancing down a runway. Really, that's that's we're, we're blessed. Yeah, Drag Race <laughs> enjoyment knows no borders, you know. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's jump into the episode because Snatch Game, there's a lot to chat about. Um, it opens up with something I wanted to talk about, which was Rose A being like, Winter Circle's dead. It actually never exists in the first place. I thought I'd come here to slay. Haven't really been doing that, but I'm going to be, make it to the top four. At this, up to this point, I hadn't really seen Rose as a top four contender, but I do think that's actually starting to, to come through for me now. Would you guys put her in the top four? Yes, I would. Yeah, I, I actually would have put her in top four from beginning. From the, from the yeah, I, okay. I think she's a safe, solid character. I'm happy she's got a win under her belt. Um, mm. I actually quite like Rosé. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like in drag and out of drag, very attractive also. Which, you know, is, mm, yes. once, you know, if you're easy on the eyes, it's it's, it's lovely. Yeah. Um, and the cute boyfriend, we saw him last oh, week Oh, we've well. seen him during the lockdown <laughs> yeah. special, yes. Oh, he's gorgeous. Very well-suited couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> very, very good. Yes, thrilled. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think Rosé is a nice, safe, solid character. I would have put her in the top four from the beginning. And I yeah. really, I, I I can see her in the top four now, yeah. Yeah, I, I was worried. Like, I kind of felt like maybe she was going to get that same Jan edit. Like, they were kind of going to do the same thing to her. Where they would like, 
you know, let her skate along and not really display her potential. Um, and mm-hmm. then I think last week when she won and then she had a very strong week this week. I'm glad Michelle called her out on the runway for having too many ruffles because all yeah. of her looks have been like framed by Tool and it, 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 it's not the best look for her. But um, yeah, I think that I think I could definitely see her in the top four now. There was a punk rock mini challenge. Tina Burner won it. Is there anything there to talk about? Yes. It's just a real sort of filler. There okay. is. <laughs> The most important thing to talk about out of that mini challenge is that, like, I was, I watched that social dilemma thing about, like, how, like, everything you're doing, the internet is being watched and you're being tracked. Literally, I watched the, like, two days ago, they put up the first act of Drag Race. I watched a bit of it on Instagram. (laughs) And since then, I've had nothing but ads for those snag tights. The ones that were sponsored the whole fucking thing. I'm like, excuse me, Drag Race. I don't need to buy any tights. Like, what? It's, I mean, I don't know. It just, it was, it struck me that like the moment I watched that, suddenly all the ads I have are for these like multicolored tights. For it's snag mad, tights. isn't it? It is. I don't, I don't think I've watched that, but I didn't get the snag tights. No, I didn't get any advertisements for the snag tights when I, I watched the uh, first act just... as well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they've they've obviously they've obviously captured something else. Something else I'm doing is impacting the algorithm. That that's what it must be. <laughs> so really, the only thing worth talking about about the mini challenge was its impact on your algorithm. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that Denali looked absolutely demented. I thought it was funny that Rue looked so unnatural on stage. Like when, like at the end of it, where like Rue was up there. And it was like, do you know when a kid forces all the adults to watch them do like a performance at like a party and like everyone sort of clapping politely like, oh, aren't you great? It had such that energy. <laughs> it did, it did, didn't it? It was a bit rigid almost, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I was like, oh, good for you. <laughs> was Rue like give me a go now or were the queens like go on Rue you do it I, I don't think know, he said encore or, or something yeah. or one more I'd be, wow cool struck I was <laughs> laugh riot Rue <laughs> we we uh, get a, a walkthrough then with Rue about the Queen's Snatch Games and I have to say he is in he's on form when it comes to shadiness he's calling Ellie Diamond a shady bitch in UK and he let Tina Brunner have it yes I was trying to remember there it was about the Jennifer oh, yeah. Coolidge thing wasn't yeah. it yeah exactly yeah, yeah, we yeah. not oh, well, had I- a Jennifer Coolidge yet on Snatch Game we haven't haven't we now no we haven't no. and I mean she's iconic I mean oh, iconic yeah, no, there is so much there that she could definitely, like, she would make a fantastic Snatch Game character, but you'd have to do her so well, because she's already mm. such an exaggerated character, that you'd have to be able to do something even further than that, and keep it funny without going, like, mad, like Utica did with Bob Ross. But no, she would be an iconic character, and has such a distinctive voice as well. Yeah, but Rue's like, well, I don't remember your yours, so maybe your best to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Richard Simmons. I was like... Oh, out, Tina. And then, like, followed up with that, like, hook right after that jab of, like, do you consider yourself a funny person? <laughs> I think that it's was like, a very pertinent out. question, though, because I thought Tina walked into, the, walked into the competition as, like, I'm a comedy queen. I'm walking in, following in the footsteps of Bianca and Bob the Drag Queen. And then I would argue really hasn't lived up to that. Like, at all. I agree. Yeah, Tina Burner is... I don't not like her, very talented queen, but she's not, she's, she's, she's never really made me root for her once, unfortunately. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not impacted. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not burnt. No. I, I, whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, a baby finger on the hob when it's heating up. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> like when you light a match and you're trying to light the fire and the lighter kind of comes back towards you and actually burns your finger, it's yeah. a quick flash. When you're holding the, the match for too long yeah. and it burns all the way down, you're like, oh, Teen, yeah. Tina Singer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have to talk about the, the, the appropriated squirrel wig. Like oh, yeah, that, like I, I was so confused by that. Like I, I think that like there has been a really important conversation had around cultural appropriation and say like white queens wearing dreadlocks and like using sort of like using cultural counterpoints as like within their own drag. I don't think that this Bob Ross was like I don't feel like this was the moment that Utica needed to take a stance against cultural appropriation and make a weird ass wig out of like squirrel teddies sewn together. Like Rue said, white people have that kinked hair sometimes as well. Um, So I think she would have been okay probably if she had a a more kinked hair style. Uh, But I appreciated her her empathy and her approach and her being like, I want to be, you know, respectful. I think a lot of it was motivated from I don't want to be hated online or Mm cancelled. But I don't know. I thought it was a full interpretation. I thought her heart was in the right place. I didn't have an issue with it. No, I didn't have an issue. Yeah, like you said, I do appreciate the fact that she was empathy. She wasn't oblivious to, you know, Mm. what's going on in the world, whatever. Um, Yeah, it didn't offend me. I just found it extremely random. But you know what? Yushka's quite a random person. So she's on brand. Yeah. I I don't know I I I I will reference back to Frostula the Snow Ho from back in like season two of Drag Race where I think that if you're gonna have like a massive prop it, it sort of needs to have a reason to be there or else it just becomes a distraction and it wasn't I wasn't a prop though the, it was a wig but it like it it was more of a prop than a wig in a way I don't like, think it, I didn't actually look at the squirrels once while we were actually in Snatch Game I'd forgotten about it I yeah I don't know I just felt like it was I felt like it wasn't worth the impact and I think that she would have been better off just going with something that looked like a, like something similar to like if you think about it like Bob Ross and Richard Simmons have very similar hair mm. and like you know kind of it, it mm. I think would have been better overall rather than even having that whole like odd conversation about like well I suppose it's an important conversation yeah to but have. that's an editing choice right she she brought it there she didn't bring it up but you know, RuPaul was like why do you have squirrels on your head why are you doing that you don't need to do that you know Ru's a bit bit more conservative with regards to cancel culture you shouldn't have to be all that sort of stuff he made a he made the big deal out of it she was just like hey I'm just here rocking my squirrel head okay fair enough rock your squirrel head <laughs> rock your squirrel head Own rock it. me mama like a squirrel head yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was interesting, and it, and it, and I suppose getting onto what happens later on in the episode, like we often don't really hear Rue talk about black issues, so it was interesting that he kind of immediately was like, "You don't need to do that. You don't need to apologize for anybody." So I think it was interesting. But I mean, I suppose that does like because I suppose like on the counter side of that, then in this episode we ended up we had like Simone first of all like making the extremely powerful message on the runway, but also like bringing Harriet Tubman, who is like a, an abolitionist and like sort of icon of of of, of the Black Civil Rights Movement to the the stage, and it was I thought it was also interesting to see rue about about that choice being like like, make sure you make her funny like take the piss out of her don't be too reverent to her so i think that shows like rue's approach to life is very much like everything's 
you know, fodder for a bit of a laugh if yeah. that's what you're doing. And I wasn't sure who did Simone think might get upset by that. Was it white people? Was it black people? I wasn't sure. Oh, well, I didn't really 100% pick up on it. Uh, the exact, you know, yeah. race, we'll say, that would be most highly offended. Um, I think she just spoke it out into the universe that, yeah, this could be perceived wrong, but bring it on. Yeah. Hmm. I think she did great. 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 Great's not working. Yeah. I think she did great. Yes, <laughs> I, I do. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I thought that maybe she felt like people would think she was making light of slavery. That's okay. what I think that she she was she was afraid of that it would look like she was kind of yeah making light of 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 that issue which like I don't know it's within her culture's past that that, that entire issue exists so like for her to take this person and I think also like through referencing things like the fact that Donald Trump held up uh, putting her on the the twenty dollar bill and that like actually while staying funny was also kind of making some pretty valid points because there's probably mm. a lot of people watching that who wouldn't have had any clue that this was an icon who was supposed to be put onto the currency in the country to be celebrated, but that the previous president had like delayed it by like eight to 15 years. Um, so I think that that kind of, it was educational as well as entertaining. Mm. Yeah. It was, there was a message, yes. I did yeah. enjoy it. I actually didn't know that... She was meant to go on to the 20, uh, was a $20 note. Yeah. So like, yeah, I laughed, but I was informed. So you go, Simone. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose if we try to find some parallel to expose Irish culture, I imagine it would be like if somebody did Michael Collins and Snatch Game and somebody was a bit like, how dare you, you know, make a mockery of our founding father. Like, I suppose maybe that's a, that's the sort of backlash yeah. she was worried of possibly because mm. you know yeah. she was Harriet was such an you know important figure for the black civil rights movement yeah. and the freemen yeah. of, of slavery and stuff like that so yeah so yeah let's get on to Snatch Game performances you were enjoying Simone Keane were you? Yeah I love Simone anyway full stop really liking what she's bringing to the show I did really like Harriet Tubman it did make me laugh out loud twice I don't really I'm not a big laugh out loud person mm-hmm. like I kind of you know kind of hee hee to myself yeah. but no <laughs> and she did obviously you can't you won't be able to see this, but you know when she did like the thing, like mm-hmm, oh, yeah, and I'm, gonna, I'm like, yeah, yeah, and Chuck to do this up. I <laughs> loved that. That that that, uh, that made me LOL as the kids would say. Yeah. I did enjoy that. Yeah, I I, th- I love when she took the um when she took the stamp out as well. Like I thought that was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, wasn't it? She was funny, yeah. Yeah, and like Simone just has such a great air about it. Like all the characters she inhabits, just they seem so cool, and it makes you want to be like hang out with Harriet Tubman. Whereas I kind of just know her as this historical figure, so I didn't have any sense of personality mm. behind her, which I think mm-hmm. worked in Simone's favor because in comparison to like Candy, who just put her own personality behind somebody else and was funny for yeah, it. I agree. There was no side, but like you, you can side by side comparison Harriet Tubman because we know video footage of her and Simone. So I loved it. I thought it was funny and it really made me dig her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And kind of cool to see, I suppose, like a really fashiony look queen, like lean into something that isn't just focused on like beauty and like realness, like kind mm. of to take, like it was a bit of a left field choice for her. And I, I, I think it definitely worked out in that I don't think she was ever going to win the Snatch Game, but like it definitely made her safe and she had a good episode. Yeah, like it could have went the um, Maxine Waters money cart route of like, you know, older black stateswoman and just sort of relying on how she would behave in that situation rather than giving her a personality that would would Mm -hmm. be funny. Yeah, yeah. Next up, Gottmik as Paris Hilton. This was runaway success. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Yeah, Mm. it was. I mean... 
like between Bimini as Katie Price and this Paris Hilton, I think they are two of the best snatch game performances like we've we've ever had on the show. Like they they were like that was like right from the very beginning where she did the voice change. Like you just knew this is someone. And I think that even doing the voice change at the very beginning because I, I I've just watched the Paris Hilton documentary, so I was totally into it. <laughs> but um, but like doing the voice change at the beginning kind of let you know that like we're all in on this joke together that we're aware that this like Paris Hilton that's hot is a persona that Paris Hilton presents and plays. Yeah. We're not laughing at the actual Paris Hilton. We're in on this gag that she does with this kind of like airhead character thread. And like, she just kept it up so well throughout the entire thing. Her answers were really clever and really funny. And there was like sufficient nods, I suppose, to, 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 to what Paris has achieved through like the jokes. I thought it was brilliant. And I was really worried that it was going to go down that like real, like puerile humor route and just focus in on the sex tape and stuff. But it was a multi-layered performance. The Meryl <laughs> Streep of drag, you might say. <laughs> it was funny that she had to do it in front of Raven, the former Paris Hilton um, impersonator. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd say she was kind of like pooing herself to a certain degree, but no, she had it like she and I just loved how laid back and stuff and how she was like so blase by it all, which even fed the character even better. So I thought that was mm-hmm. great. Uh Rose, Queen of Scots, or aka doing Lawrence Cheney better than Lawrence Cheney could have done. Did you think Rose did well, Keen? Um yeah, um I did think she did really well. To be honest, I think with that accent she could have um she could have said anything, to be honest. And it would have been funny because it's it's funny hearing the big Scottish accent done so well um on the American show. But this is me being now anal. What's new? I think Mary, Queen of Scots, I think she was French. So she actually wouldn't oh. have had a Scottish accent. Yeah, I'm smart. <laughs> Behind all this Botox and bleach blonde hair. There's a historian in there. There. (laughs) My history teacher in secondary school had a huge arse, and I was listening. Okay, I want to be hysterical. People, ninety-nine point nine percent sure the Queen of Scots Mary grew up in France and didn't move to Scotland until her late teens. But oh, who cares? I, I, I'm, I'm T.S. Madison, who is a self, uh, a, a self-announced big fan of the whole Tudor dynasty, <laughs> should have been aware of that. She should, you know she should I have mean? known. But listen, at the end of the day, they're men dressed as wigs. Does it matter that she got someone's accent wrong from the 16th century? There's worse things going on in the world. Thoroughly enjoyed the performance. Oh yeah, she spent most of her childhood in France while Scotland was ruled by regents, and in 1558, she married the Dauphin of France. I was Queen Consort of France until his death, and then she returned to Scotland. Did so, you just Google that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you testified me. I don't feel sick now. Imagine but she I got was this wrong. she was born in England. Oh, mortified. <laughs> okay, well, there we go. I've ruined so, everything. But if she I? grew up in France, she would have probably had a sort of amalgamated accent. She probably didn't sound oh, like William Wallace, mm. like Rosé said. Absolutely. I spent three years in Cork, and honestly, to this day, if I, after a couple of whiskeys, the Cork twang just falls out of me, <laughs> even though I'm from Lille. True and true. But after a few whiskeys, I'm Cork. After about six whiskeys, I sound like I'm from Liechtenstein. But the is, is there, yeah. I would like to see an update in your Twitter bio of like, you know, Big Brother star and historian on the side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shocked you all there. Um yeah, I, like, actually, I think what you said was bang on. She could have said anything and just said it funny. Well, actually, 
she did really say anything. Like, she didn't really have punchlines. She just delivered it with enough gusto that she bought it. And that was just hilarious. Because it was just like, we don't have a clue what you've just said. But you've just given us enough kind of like, you know, happiness. We're like, yeah, we buy it. Yeah, definitely. And again, with Harriet Tubman, like, you've no side-by-side comparison. So it's kind of just, once they're regal and they're Scottish, we buy it. Yeah. Unless you know your history. Next up then was Tina Singer with Richard Simmons. Uh, it was a, yeah. it was a worse version of Louis Spence, but it was it was perfectly yeah. safe. Yeah, mm. it was it was it was safe to be fair. Tina minimalistic scold. Um, yeah. It was it was okay. It wasn't the worst, you know. It was yeah. it was it was definitely there. I should probably got a smile off me because I was having a morning coffee, so I was happy. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah, it was all it was all right. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it's great. We weren't applying the factor fifty though. We certainly weren't applying the factor fifty. No. And I'm ginger. Still <laughs> <laughs> not applying it. No. Yeah, less not less Tina Burner, more Luca Warm. You know, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I thought it was kind of a bland performance. Like there was a couple of jokes in there about like the hostage holding Richard Simmons, like um like the ho- like the whole like recent stuff about whether he's being held hostage by his housekeeper and why he is like withdrawn from public life and all that kind of stuff. Um that got thrown in there. I, yeah. But I don't know, there was no real punchlines that landed in a way that were super funny. Like it was a pretty it was an all right interpretation of a character that we all know sort of well. Yeah, like and I was even thinking it. like, what did Winnie the Pooh get cancelled for by doing Blank in the Woods? I would have said, if I was him, squatting, because it both implies the poo, but it's also an exercise move. So something like that, I would have thought would have been better than just being like, I'm going to get up and do a workout. Or like, you know, a joke about the fact that Winnie the Pooh wears no pants and Richard Simmons wears really long t-shirts, so you can't actually tell whether he's wearing pants yeah. either. Same like, thing. you know? Anyway, but we're not writing the jokes. For this. Yeah, who are we? Whoa! <laughs> but just a few. Oh my God, I've got two massive Richard Simmons and Winnie the Pooh fans here. Well, well done, guys. <laughs> well, do we have any Patrick Star fans? Were you aware of Patrick's work, Keen? Um, I know Patrick Star. I don't watch. I'm not into the makeup industry. Um, that I'm. I'm not. Not that I don't like it. It just. It. It. it it doesn't um, enthrall me whatsoever. Um, I just thought it was candy, to be honest. I did. Yeah. I really just felt it was candy through and through. When I actually thought Patrick Star, at first I thought it was Patrick Star from SpongeBob. And I was like, that is great. <laughs> yes, that would have been amazing. I think she would have smashed that. I really did. I was like, perfect. And then <laughs> she was wearing pink. And then I was watching with my housemate, Amy, and she's very into makeup. Like, um, it's like she knows them all. And she's like, no, Patrick Starr's makeup guru. I was like, oh, I'm let down. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Because actually, I mean, Candy has that sort of Patrick Starfish, you know, look. And the same sort of vocal fry, sort of like flat voice. I mean, that would have been brilliant. I've never heard of Patrick Starr. I assumed that like, is it like Jeffree Star has like a... Has like drag, like, like makeup drag, drag children. Yeah, I actually I don't, don't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't I. even compare. I'm, I draw up the comparison of that in my head. I have no idea. I went on yeah. to have a look at Patrick's page just to sort of understand. You know, was Candy doing Candy or was Candy doing Patrick? And Patrick's a lot more soft spoken, um, but they looked similar and they had a similar amount of sass, but just different accents and different yeah. you know, tones and stuff. So. 
yeah, it was it was candy doing candy, but candy is funny, so it worked and she was safe. So I think that was fair enough. Olivia now doing Tabitha Brown. I only know Tabitha Brown because we follow her on Instagram and I've seen her just via being on our Instagram page. Um, That's because I followed her. I mean, I thought I was doing that on my own page, but I actually <laughs> followed her on ours. But, but I also follow her on my own because uh, I, I really enjoy her. But actually what I heard, I was like, yes, they both have big smiles. Like, and they're yeah. real sort of expressive faces. They're like, this could be good, but it, was, it wasn't great. As Michelle said, like, there's a couple of, like, real, like... Like in Tabitha Brown's videos, there's an off. There's like beats that you hit. Like first of all, she opens every video. Like first of all, she has like this real soft spoken, like inviting kind of. It is an ASMR style almost of 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 speaking, and she speaks really deliberately, like into the camera. Like you know the way like some influencers will be like back and kind of like talking out. She's like in the camera, like as if like she's really intimately there with you. And she starts off all her her videos with like. Hello there, y'all. Y'all all right? Like in this real soft, inviting, and there was none of that from from Olivia. Like it was all kind of, yeah. And it's and she's very self-deprecating, and like she'll trail off midway through a story and start telling another story and talking about her dogs and her cats and the different like. And there was none of that kind of with us. Like the veganism and the cooking is secondary to the rest of what she's giving you. I find, and I I just thought that like it was a pity. That 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 Olivia chose to go this weird sort of you know the the road that that she went down of this like vegan thing being the main thing rather than just doing that soft friendliness. Yeah, I mean you know her better than me, so I'll take your word for it. I did think Rue was being a bit unfair by being like, "Oh, what does ASMR stand for?" Which is a very hard thing to even remember, let alone try come up with a like an improv pun, like like, "Oh my God, somebody let us hear to make this funny." Like that was a very tough thing to come back from. To be fair, true. Yeah, I don't know what ASMR stands for actually. I know the M. But I'm really good the history. M is Meridian. That's all I. Can- <laughs> That's all I can do is history. I must have missed that class. I must have <laughs> yeah. the history one. Oh, you know me. Yeah, yeah. the, the bum of your science teacher wasn't up to scratch. So, <laughs> yeah, wasn't interested. <laughs> I actually don't know who Tabitha Brown is either. Um, I have looked her up, and yes, I can actually see how Olivia could have really made Tabitha Brown work. They both are quite warm personalities. And, but no, I not even from not knowing the character because sometimes they do characters I actually don't know. Yeah, yeah. Game. I I I I didn't buy it, but I do quite like Olivia. I, I think she's um, as I said, a very warm person. Nali <laughs> doing JVN. Um, I wasn't sure if she'd do this well, but actually she did great. Yeah, yeah. she did better than my expectations. I didn't really see her doing quite well. Mm. Yeah, she did well, and she bounced off the two queens beside her. Yeah. Good improv. Um, yeah, she did fairly well. Um. I did think, obviously, she placed high. Um, I thought it was really well, but I did think Simone would have placed a bit higher, but hey-ho, she did well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I From one ice skating queen to another, I thought that she was real funny. Um, I liked her answers. I thought her look was really good. And I think that, like, where... I think exactly you said it exactly there, Keenan, that I think one of the ways she kind of maybe slightly pipped Simone was that she was playing off the other contestants on the panel in a way, um, which is always something that works out well. Like, if you're able to use a character to work with the people around you. Um, but I thought it was really funny. And also just sort of an inspired choice. Like, I, you wouldn't necessarily think of, of Jonathan Van Ness for a Snatch Game character, but he actually is so over the top in camp that he makes a perfect character. Oh, I would have thought of him for Snatch Game, but like he said about Jennifer Coolidge or even about, like, Cardi B or somebody, because they're such a big personality themselves, it's hard to even take that higher to make it snatchable. Um, so I think that's what made it 
good like he's a difficult person to do um because yeah like i said already such a character and then we have the two flailing fish down the end of the barrel it's elliot and utica doing Rue mcclanahan and bob ross about the two of them i think it was interesting because i think they were both on two extremes it was Rue mcclanahan was doing nothing and bob ross was doing everything mm. And it just was like, both of them were bad, but in very, very different ways. Yeah. With Rue, it was like the lowest of the lowest hanging fruit and just like, oh, well, you know, I'm supposed to be. A... But not even like shock jock kind of like, yeah, pure, yeah. like I love big dicks. It was like, <clears throat> I really like men. I like a man. Just man. Oh, a gentleman. I like many men. And it's like, you know revamp the the, the the dictionary if that's all mm. you're going to be saying. When we saw um, Crystal do Rue McClanahan in, in Drag Race UK, who knew that there was a worst impersonation coming down the line? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to know why Bob Ross didn't work. Like, well, sorry, it was overthought, but it could have been good. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there with that. It was really overthought. Um do you know what I did? It was kind of like in the last Drag Race episode, with, uh, Drag Race UK episode, where I laughed at a horror's vulgarity. But I laughed because I was like, oh, my God. I was laughing at Yushika doing Bob Ross because I was like, oh, my God, what? Like the dead eye contacts, the painting the face, the spraying your mouth. I, was la- I wasn't laughing because, oh, good job, good punchlines. You're really yeah. delivering there. I was laughing because this is so weird. It was like I was nervous laughing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, I've only ever seen, like, little clips of Bob Ross. And I think, isn't it, that, like, he's sitting there painting and he's, like, telling you stories about, like, why he's painting the things he's painting or why, like, or stories relating to different... And it's, like, a bit more of that from Utica, kind of, like, taking the question that's been asked and turning it into, like, a little bit of, like, a mini anecdote rather than this kind of weird, like, I don't know, just, like the like physical comedy of like spraying the paint and eating the stuff and like it, it just like that stuff never really works out that's been very 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 funny before it works on snatch game and we've seen enough people try those sort of sh- that sort of shtick and it just hasn't worked even like the painting of the face and stuff it, it, it was yeah it was it was a unique performance yeah i thought the joke when as... he was showing i painted an environment i painted an environment and then I painted an environment that that third was just going to be like a dick or something like that. Like, that's what I was waiting for. But actually, it was like there was yeah. no joke. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, OK. Mm-hmm. All right. Fine. Um, so, yeah, overall, I would say, like, I think we had some good impressions in there. I think Simone did well, got Mick, Rosé and I and Denali for good impressions. I think Tina was fine as well. So I think in terms of like hit rate. I think it was a good snatch game overall. I just don't think in terms of in, in a lol rate, it was pretty low. I don't think I, we have any sort of iconic lines from it. Um, No, I don't think we did. <clears throat> I, I mean, except for Utica ahead of time going like, my humour is very intellectual and then like eating a load of green paste. Like that's not very <laughs> intellectual. So we're just going to stop here in the middle of the episode with two pieces of housekeeping for you. Two exciting bits of housekeeping. Yeah, exactly. The, the one I'm personally uh, looking forward to the most is our lovely Drag Race UK finale live recording where you can come along and watch us as as we get into whoever is the newly crowned Queen of Britain. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be opening up our Zoom for you to come along, watch us record the episode live after the show, right after the show. We're having Sean from Unflopped Podcast on 
We'll be asking you for your questions for us to answer. We'll be getting your opinions on the looks. So yeah, it's going to be a, a fun time. Hopefully it'll be something that you can look forward to in this sort of bleak horizon of Netflix and staying inside. Absolutely. And I mean, the day after Patrick's Day, when traditionally we're all super hungover and are looking for like low-key fans. Mm. I mean, you know, Absolutely. perfect. Perfect. Yeah, you know, we can all we can all celebrate not having a hangover <laughs> together. It'll be wonderful. The second <laughs> thing we have to announce is that coming on Wednesday, so two days after this episode drops, we have an Irish language episode of Sissy That Pod. It's for Shock Nagelga, the Irish language week in Ireland. And we have handed over the episode to Keen Griffin, who you may know as Gail Gorey, and Kevin Johnson, who's part of the Quirkle Cora, which is like a, a LGBT Irish language group. And they'll be interviewing an Irish language drag queen called Kitty Nihulahan. They'll be breaking some Irish. They'll be drinking, breaking down some drag slang for you in Irish. Just having a good old time. And uh, Chris Sanam Dum, who's a content creator, will be creating some Irish language sketches as well for you to enjoy. So that's out on Wednesday as well. And I have one thing to say about mm-hmm. it. Ta she <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this week's lip sync was by company b it was called fascinated and fascinated is the name of the podcast from the heads of podcast network that we are sharing with you this week it's hosted by Garode Whose Farrelly company Shane. you want to be in oh yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> um and it's a really really fun podcast about the world of pop music um in the in the past and sort of how how careers dry up how record industries screw people over and just that sort of narrative around pop music which is sometimes the most successful isn't always the most remembered and i think that's always a really sort of fun and interesting yeah, thing absolutely. so yeah fascinated by road fairly it's on the heads of podcast network of which we are part if you'd like to promote that show if you'd like to put our show you can sign up for five year a month and you'll get all the bonus content from the network but for now let's have a listen to a clip from Fascinated. I'm Gerald Farrelly and I'm the host of Fascinated. Have you ever wondered about the pop bands you liked as a teenager? What went on behind the scenes? We had played this like grand prank. It sounds terrible but I'm just so relieved it's over. And then they had this like great idea of getting another girl in who looked like Heavenly. What did they do afterwards? And all of a sudden you're like, that's the end of that. It was all blowing up when it all kind of just Unraveled. And I thought it would last forever, and it didn't. Check out Fascinated with me, Gerald Farrelly, on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Coming out of Snatch Game, though, Olivia and Utica are like, well, that was great. Loved that. Uh, and Olivia starts this drama because Utica says that she thinks well, she'll be in the bottom. And a bit, bit of history, Keen. I found it tough to connect with Olivia over the last few episodes. I just don't... Okay. I... I just feel she's being overrated when she won two episodes in a row. And this is the episode I've decided I am loving that she's becoming a villain and that I can, you know, I feel justified that I can dislike her as a character. Okay, right, I'm with you. It's, yeah, no, I, I, when she, she walked in, remember she was wearing the yellow and the pink when she walked yeah. in. Yeah. And you know, the, the Battenberg cake. Mm, That's my yes. favourite cake. <laughs> Immediately drawn to the bitch yeah. <laughs> and randomly I would have followed Olivia uh, on Instagram and I don't know why I think I, I might have been drunk I, I followed her on Instagram before Drag Race I don't know how that happened it just did happen. Um, yeah I, 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 I found her quite a warm nice inviting person I do agree that there probably is bits of her that I, I don't fully understand her next wish I don't see her as a winner but I see her having a fairly okay all-stars run if that makes mm, sense. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, I think that she, 
she walked in kind of like Fifi on All Stars 2 where she walked in with this idea of like I'm going to make myself America's sweetheart in this run and I think that that like she's like belying this like really competitive like there's obviously like a really competitive like role like lying underneath the skin she wants to win she wants to do well she doesn't like being cat like the way she was with Utica where she was like I want that mime role and I'm taking that mime role and I don't care like she a couple of times I suppose she kind of tries to play herself as this like real lovely soft queen in this like totally kind of like it's all rosy in the garden I'm real innocent but then also like has this like will cut a bitch sort of vibe underneath that that like I don't know I in this episode I really kind of I think that's because Utica I love Utica and she was kind of coming for Utica in a way that I was just like, would you shut up? Of course. What did you expect Utica to say to you when you went off the stage? Oh, no, I thought you were... When you came over to Utica, I'm like, oh, I think I did really well. Then Utica turned around to be like, eh, no, bitch, you did fucking terrible. You did shocking bad. <laughs> like, of course Utica's not going to do that. Like, everyone's yeah. going to tell you you did okay because you don't want to be worrying about it. And then on the camera, you're like an objective... Anyway, I'll stop my rant. Well, but uh, my I'm, issue I'm with her isn't her that she's, you know, that she has this nice air, but she's actually a bit feisty. It's more like... Nothing will grind my gears more than misplaced smugness. And I just feel that's where she is now. She's like, well, I've won two challenges and of course I'm going to do great on it. And I just feel this episode really brought her back down to earth that she saw she actually slipped up for once. And look, yeah. she's a young person. We're only seeing an edited you know, hour of like two or three days. Um, so this doesn't reflect her as a person, but just the character we're seeing. She's young. She's been getting a lot of praise where I don't believe was, was necessarily deserved. And of course, her ego is like, I'm doing great. Everything I do touches to gold. So this will bring her back down to earth. And I was delighted to see it. Because there's an, I don't know if you got a chance to watch uh, Untucked, but there's an interesting narrative around Utica that she is playing up to the cameras, that there's a different Utica when the cameras are rolling and when they're not rolling. Yes. And it was I kind interesting. Of, I kind of noticed, you know, when I, I haven't watched Untucked yet, but I noticed that when they when Olivia was going to be saved, they were all like, please, please, about Olivia. And I was like, something yeah. has definitely happened in Untalked that I need to see because they paid attention to this. So obviously, for the more casual viewer that will not watch Untalked, they're going to explain why they did that last yeah. week in next week's episode. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I will probably watch Untalked after this podcast. I look forward to, to it. To be honest, I haven't... I've, sorry, I've seen Untalked. I don't necessarily know if there was anything particular. They kind of just ganged up on Utica and, you know, they were bringing up like production tips like she was reading out her unused reading reads for the reading challenge over dinner and they were all tired and they were like it just felt like you were insulting us but and she was kind of like guys I'm just trying to fit in I, you know it just seemed to be it's like everyone and Utica yeah and I just I, thought it was interesting I don't remember seeing that before on the show no and I think like I, I, I was always trying to like you, I'd imagine that after you're filming at the end of the day you're tired you just don't want to think about drag you don't want to think you're, you want to like you know eat your dinner have a chat and then go off to bed and so someone coming along and be like I wrote this singer I wrote that singer and I can understand from Yusuke's point of view she's probably like oh this was really funny I wish I got a chance to share it mm. and I just want everyone to appreciate how funny I am um, or how funny I think this is but if you were kind of like after a long day you'd be like can we fucking turn this off yeah. can we just can we just turn this off mm. but no it is an interesting thing we haven't seen before and also interesting to see them like acknowledging like the like the production side of things you don't usually get them talking yeah. about like the cameras being rolling and the cameras not being rolling like that's normally kind of completely ignored yeah that's why I was loving that fight in Drag Race Holland where they were by the catering table <laughs> Yes, I know. I said, look at them. Look at them fighting beside the Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, let's head on to the runway. It's fascinating fascinators team. Up first is Olivia with her mad glam scientist. Actually, I think this was probably my favorite look from Olivia of the series. Um, yeah, I liked it. Um, I did. I did like the headpiece. I love that color wig on her. That nice, you know, burnt mm. orange auburn, kind of yeah. like me after I've eat. Yeah. Really, <laughs> really, really dazzling color. I think that wig does wonders for her. Yeah, yeah she looked. Yeah. She looked beautiful. And the and the blue yeah. lip as well. I thought was really nice in her as well. So yeah, yeah. I really liked she, it. She kind of looked like um like a, a car- yeah very much like a cartoon mad scientist um. In terms of the hat, like, I think kind of it wasn't one of my favorites of the, like, mm. fascinators. Um, other people did more interesting things. But I did think she looked pretty cool. And it was one of the, uh, the I lowest... love the big purple gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of the fascinator, it was, like, the least... Sta- well, one of the least statement fascinators that there were, like, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't necessarily a fascinator look. Rosé was up next with her massive rose headpiece. Um, I kind of disagreed with Michelle on this one. I kind of felt she didn't really have much of a silhouette. I liked the big rose on the head. Um, I liked the pink hair. She kind of reminded me of like a Pokemon from the neck up. Um, So I'm here for that. Do you know what? Do you know when Michelle was like, I don't really like Rosé's fashion on the runway. I actually kind of have liked them, but I totally agree with the lots of tulle or tall. I don't know how to pronounce it. I didn't attend that class either. Um, (laughs) A lot of that. Yeah, there is a lot of it. Um, Yeah, I don't. I liked I, I'm not that passionate about speak more potential yeah. yeah. I I feel like if that red dress had just been like a simple red dress with that huge and like it had just shown like the shape of her body, like I think that that maybe would have had more impact because it was the huge rose and then like kind of it was like it was it was almost like a bit there was so much happening it was just a bit kind of like her it was a little bit like uh, sister sister the like little face in this like massive bush <laughs> up next was Utica and in terms of sort of stylistically if we take the message of the of the look out of it I think this was actually my favorite I thought she looked really really nice it was great to see a sort of minimal approach from her the basket was slipping, you know, we're not going to lie. But other than that, I thought it was great. I liked yeah. it, yeah. I'd, I'd give it a solid 7.5 out oh. of 10. It was cute. <laughs> yeah. Funky, it was preppy. She, I, I didn't realise how actually... Um, She's quite skinny and like mm. long and you know yeah. like 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 um dad like that like daddy long legs. Oh my yeah. god, stammer apparently. Yeah. Um, she's like a punter for a fucking rifle. But yeah. um, yeah, she looked real cool. I. I enjoyed yeah. this. I yeah. I loved it, and yeah, it was it was like paired back, and like I loved the like little bees and the ants and stuff, and yeah, I I thought she looked she looked really fun. I think like a lot of the fascinators were probably heavier for people's heads, so there was like a little bit of slippage. Like poor Simone, like was having to like walk sort of like having to try and glide down the runway because obviously that thing was like wobbling on her head as well. But yeah, I I mean I I thought Utica was probably my favorite look on the runway. Yeah. Other than that, then it would have been Simone who's up next with her like a bishop hat with her Black Lives Matter message on the back, which it was really, really powerful. And actually, I think it's the first time we hear Rue even address that. Like even in the quarantine special we had last week, there was no sort of voiceover from Rue mm-hmm. about it. So the fact that he gave a special <coughs> mention to Simone at the end, I was like, OK, that's interesting. He's acknowledged it publicly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, lo- I love the message. Um, totally, yeah. I love how she delivered it. I love the walking away with the hands up. Mm-hmm. It was very silently powerful. She didn't need to do no more. She was yeah. beautiful. The message 100% was conveyed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think yeah. it's quite... Im- 
important to share it this is. message. But I, I mean, like that, it's it's great to see those issues being brought up on the runway because you had, say, Mariah's performance in All Stars Five where she did the like the the blood on the window, and then you have had it like referenced throughout like different talking heads and stuff. And I suppose it was interesting to have it here, a place for Rue had to to talk about it. Um, but well, I thought she well, looked. Rue made stunning. it safe again, but at least this time he actually he actually addressed it. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Because the last time it was Ricky Martin that addressed yeah. it. Ricky Martin gave the kudos to Mariah. <laughs> Denali up next with her dinner girl waitress look. Um, I saw her makeup was really bad in this. Is that was that just me? I can't really remember her makeup. Um, yeah, if she didn't have the rollerblades, I think it would have been would have been bad. Um, it would not. I think Michelle Visage would have probably headbutted her in the in yeah. the in the in the forehead. But um, yeah, yeah, it was it was cute. It was all right. Yeah, I like yeah. the rollerblades. Skate away, girls. Skate away. I, yeah, I think that because like the the theme was fascinator. Like the coffee pot pouring was like like that was one of the most fun hats that we had. Mm. And then the fact that she did it on skates like that that brought another element to it. But absolutely, I think if she just to come out there in heels, that that wouldn't have. Um, I don't think it, w- it would have been a very different critique about her look I'd say yeah I have to say I thought Got Mix was real average this week with the paperclip in the head I'm sorry I, I, I really loved it like I, I'm pretty sure I got slightly erect when it came out <laughs> I loved the aesthetic of it she was like a Beaten up, you little, you little brat doll. Oh, I adored it. The clip in the head. Now, mind you, I could see it starting to fall down. Mm, yes. Um, she, was, she was nearly like a, right, a fucking Ryanair plane about, about to take off when she hit the end yeah. of the runway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I loved it. It is up there with Simone's train look. Remember? She yes, wore the do-rag. Yeah. yeah, the blue long train, the do-rag. That, them two are up there easily. as my favourite runway moments of this season. I... I, do you know what? I wasn't pretty erect. I was full on erect. I loved her. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, when we saw her like standing for her critique, I realized the detail in the tattoos on her, which I, I had missed yeah. first time. But yeah, it was still. I was flaccid through it. <laughs> I. I was somewhere. I was somewhere in between. I was excited in in my heart, but not in my groin. Okay. I um. I found I I absolutely loved it. I thought she looked stunning. <clears throat> I think that kind of Vivian Westwood is one of those designers who like is always referenced on the runway for a couple of reasons. Partly because it does that like punky link to to kind of like that period of of time where it's great to pull references from, and also because you can be kind of messy as a Vivian Westwood reference. But I think that she. Everything on this was so perfect, with the exception of the like slight flaccidness of the um the paperclip towards the ends of the critique. But and it looked like it was I'm gonna be honest, the the the, the um the, the giant paperclip did look like it was covered in tinfoil, like you know, you know, after packing up a few sandwiches. But still, I thought like absolutely gorgeous, one of the best looks of the season. Love that she got to feature the the kind of white clown white makeup that she all that she normally does. It was it was brilliant. Do you know what else I loved on the paperclip? And it, I, I loved it was the little drop of glittery blood. Yes. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah, I really know. Um, got to make sure I really do like her. Uh, she wouldn't be my favourite this season, but I, I really respect her runways. I really like her, yeah. Next up was Elliot for two T's. Did anyone else see Flamingo before Michelle Visage pointed no. it out? Did anyone see Flamingo I after did. Michelle Visage pointed it no. out? I am. Like, obviously you can't see my bedroom. I am obsessed with flamingos. 
I didn't get the brown leg, the one leg sticking out. I didn't get flamingo. Sometimes I look at ostriches and I see flamingos and that obsessed with them. I didn't see flamingo with Elliot at all, unfortunately. I did like the look, but no. Oh, I, I thought it was I, bad. I, I always like I I I I want to. I always want to find something positive to say about like something because I know that there's effort been put mm. in to whatever's been created and that like someone had like but this and actually Tina's as well oh, which Tina, is coming oh, next Tina's was I just was like this is really fucking bad like this is really bad and also I think because like the, the concept was fascinating so it was all about the headpiece and like some people had used that headpiece thing, like you to go with the picnic basket or Denali with the coffee or or um or Simone with the the kind of tombstone to the to 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 the the people who died at the hands of the, of the police had used it to make such a powerful or humorous message, and I just felt so throwaway. I I really like, and the wig was so like poofy and uh, I don't know. It was it was one of my least favorite looks we've had on the runway all season. Yeah, it was just a mixture of concepts that I don't think it really worked. But I will judge Tina very harshly. This was, I wrote in my notes in capital letters, so amateur. It looked like it had been made there as part of a challenge. The horse head was so, like, it was vertical. Like, you just saw the horse's neck, right? She couldn't even see the face. The bridle on the head, okay, that was a different. I just was like, come on. Come on. Like there's the majority of the garments that were sewn on this challenge looked better than what she wore. Yeah, I yeah. didn't like it one bit. I do you know what? I kind of like the little is it what's it called? The little bag? Is it a corsage or something? It was the ribbon and it was the blue thing, you know, that you stick oh, yeah. on the horse. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah I yeah, liked yeah. that. But unfortunately, that's that's pretty much it. I really didn't like it. I just I just kept thinking of a tree. Yeah, no, that's true. And I think like to on um like season one of Drag Race UK, we had two of these like ho- like horse mm. looks where you had both Blue Hydrangea and Davina De Campo did like really quite high fashion takes on it, and like I just think like and actually particularly De- I suppose Davina De Campo who who did like a jockey thing and it just you look at it and think like that's how you do this to like perfection and this is so far away from that it uh, it, it looked like I did the color of it and everything was real like dull and yeah I, I, I've just written terrible and underlined just, that's my only notes yeah. tell us how you really feel and I mean <laughs> we haven't been gagged by Tina's runway so far and the only thing gagged at least this, it wasn't red there was red hair yeah this is true but like this was the I worst actually, of them all <laughs> oh this is the worst I actually didn't mind last week's one with the the yellow um, taxi yeah, and the black that, that hair. Wasn't too bad. It was the black hair I enjoyed mm, more than anything. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was stunning in the black hair. But yeah. now back to this, you know, walking tree from Lord of the Rings that's meant to be a horse. <laughs> that's just here. I was literally waiting for one of the two little hobbits to be on her shoulder to be like, thanks for bringing me home. Um, no, I, was, I wasn't a fan at all. But I'm not surprised. Tina's runway is just hard hitting for me all season. Yeah. No, 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 they definitely Speaking aren't. of they black hair aren't. then, Candy Muse is up, uh, is rounding us up and she had a little hen's tooth poncho with Muse as her headpiece. It was... Do you know fire. who it really reminded, and I don't know why, when she came out with that runway, it really reminded me of Jiggly Caliente and I don't know why. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it just, I literally was like, oh my God, Jiggly. That's all yeah. I could have been <laughs> Um, it was okay. I I I liked it, but yeah, two words, jiggly caliente. <laughs> mm. I I think that it was fine. 
that like I, I thought it was grand. Like I think she looked good. I thought it was a cute idea to have her name spelt as the like fascinator. Um I didn't have strong feelings. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and I can see the jiggly thing. Yeah. I could call her jiggly. <laughs> so um Simone, Tina and Candy, last week's bottom three are all safe. Uh then Olivia um, Utica and Elliot are in the bottom three and Gottmik, Denali and Rosé are in the top I agree with all of that the only one I would have swapped out would have been I would have put Simone in the top over Denali because I thought she was better in the snatch game and she was better on the runway Agreed uh, Yeah, I, I think it's marginal between Denali and and, and uh, Simone I mean like I spoke about how I, I was enjoying Olivia to get a redemption moment and I did kind of want her to lip sync but I wouldn't have thought it was fair. She was better than Elliot and Utica in the Snatch Game. So I think that was the right choice, lip syncing. A really fun lip sync song, one that I hadn't heard of before, called Fascinated by Company B. Um, And I'm glad that Rue has taken us back to his aux cord and his iPod in the corner rather than just like what's in the charts. Yes. Yeah, 100%. Because my favourite lip sync from this series obviously was um, 100% Pure Love by Crystal Waters. One reason was obviously because Denali absolutely better to a pulp and was amazing on the stage. But the second is because you could see Rue really enjoying that song. It was a it was a different song for like, even some of my 26. You know, I didn't grow up in the 90s and it was a cool little throwback disco. Yeah. I really enjoyed it as opposed to, as you said, what's going on in the charts. I like the mixture this season. I, I felt that Utica's runway elevated her out of perhaps the bottom two and it's the first time all season where I've had a gasp of like no because I was terrified that like I know that Elliot is like this dancing queen and I was like oh no like Elliot is going to to stomp all over this and Utica's gonna get completely blown away because typically those like more kooky queens don't bring it like to run to to lip syncs um I was very surprised by like how agile and how like I, I don't know how coordinated and dancerly yeah. Utica was actually she did a great job and I, like you said I was worried as well when I saw that those two were up against each other and I had been avoiding Instagram but I went onto Instagram during Snatch Game to check out Patrick Starr and top of my feed was Bob Ross and Utica and I was like oh god does that mean she's going home because normally whoever is top of the feed is the one who's going who's gone home so I was like oh no but once I saw her moving I was like this is She's doing great. And maybe she was just lucky that she wasn't in one of her big gowns that she's normally in. And Elliot seemed to have something going on with her her bell bottom sleeve that she kinda had to hold it. But Elliot really didn't bring it. It was it was that, you know, compared to how she lip synced to Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, you should have won that lip sync. <laughs> well, Keen, thank you so much for joining us. It flew by, I can't believe we're at the end. Uh you are on first dates soon, right? Where where can people check you out? I am. I'm on yeah, next Thursday night on RT two. Um it's fun. Bit of light hearted television, exactly. I suppose, during during this Pamela Demick. Yeah. Um <laughs> So yeah, hopefully it translates well on TV, kind of um, unlike Tina Burner, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I always feel after Snatch Game, it's like it becomes the end of the competition. Like it's drawing to an end. You just kind of want to wrap up those loose ends, kick out the, the filler and crown the queen. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that you, you kind of like the, the herd sort of separates fully at uh, at Snatch Game. And I think now there is maybe four 
yeah maybe four or five queens who i think are very much headed towards the finale and then we've maybe four or so queen or three or four queens who like are kind of you know right you know let's let's get you out week by week um but it's a more even competition than usual though i, I like that final four isn't isn't uh, yeah it's not quite as clear a done deal yet yeah and like yeah like i would have said at the beginning of the competition that i felt like simone was unbeatable whereas now we are seeing that there's a bit of weakness there and like she's had a couple of weeks mm. where she hasn't been hitting the high notes you know like i think that the only person who seems to be like f- like slicing through the competition with consistency seems to be Gottmik. Um, but then yeah. again, you never know. A challenge could come up that isn't going to, to suit them and they could they could find her as well. So it is, it is a very even competition this year, which is exciting for us. Yeah, I do think anyone who... Well, I don't know. I, I'm kind of seeing right now Gottmik, Rose, Denali and Simone in the final four. I would agree with that. And I think like the the competition or the next week, next week one is like a, a, a look, more or less a look based one so Mm. i would feel that tina and candy are going to struggle just based on the fact that say utica is is very very much like a a look queen Um, Mm -hmm. and i i would not be surprised if the both of them end up in the bottom two and then i think either candy has to go or i would or tina could go so I, i think that next week we'll see one of one of those guys head out of the competition we won't know for sure until we see it next week so join us back here on friday for the next episode of drag race uk um have a lovely week and we'll chat to you then see you love you Bye. bye this show is part of the head stuff podcast network a hub for the creative and the curious Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.